0: some things just should not be discussed chief among this list is the topic of money sound like anything you've heard before the truth is Jesus talked about money a lot and if he found the topic important there might be some principles we need to learn welcome to don't talk about money a series where we talk about money We are kicking off. Sorry, man. I'm having trouble with my mic today. And it's it's not Pastor Ben or Bradley's fault. It is mine totally right here. I'm messing up. Today we're kicking off a brand new series called Don't Talk About Money. And it's a series where we're going to just uh, do the opposite of that. We're going to talk about money, and and some churches uh, and some church people. Let me say this, and I'm not saying you guys because uh, uh, you know, uh, but some some church people uh, have a predictable reaction. If the lights go down, I'm out of here. Oh no! I, I told you we shouldn't come to this church because all the preachers care about is. Money, Right. The Bible does have a lot to say. In fact, 15 percent of uh, Jesus recorded teaching was about this one subject. He taught more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Think about that. He taught more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Why? Because even in Bible times, people struggled with this issue. They struggled with how to handle money, how to honor God with their money, how to keep stuff in the right perspective. And Jesus also knew that this would be a huge issue for all of time and a significant struggle in people's lives. This series, Let Me Help You Out This Morning, is not a giving series. I'm not going to receive an offering after any of the messages in this series. We're not asking you. uh, We're not entering into any sort of capital campaign at this time. And so I'm, I'm not here to try to get your money so you can quit clutching your purses and you can put your wallets down, take a deep breath, and relax today, okay? My name is Rusty, and I'm here to help you today. Here's the heart behind why I'm doing this. First, I've seen your prayer requests. I've seen the prayer requests that you write on the back of the connection card. I've had the one-on-one conversations with you. I I hear that people in this body of believers are dealing with this issue. Our economic system is, is breaking down. Interest rates are soaring. Stocks are dropping. The price of homes and rentals are skyrocketing while wages are remaining roughly the same. I I saw this week that there was a rental that a few years ago, just, I had seen the same apartment for $750 a month, and you can double that now. It's being listed at $1,500 a month, and I I don't understand how people are even able to to make it nowadays. I went to a local grocery store just a a few weeks ago, and and I was going to get some things, uh, and one of the things I wanted to get was a bag of Ruffles, amen? And I was going to get a bag of Ruffles and, and some of that ranch, that great ranch dip. But when I went and grabbed the bag of Ruffles, I looked, and it was $5.99. I put the bag of Ruffles back. I went and got the off-brand and, and said, uh, I'll just eat those. Amen. You know, they taste the same once you put that dip in, right? Amen. Come on, somebody. So I see the economy right now. I also have a desire that you live in freedom. And one, a part of that freedom is financially being free. To live by God's system, not man's system, a different system that, than it's around you. I want you to experience security. I want you to experience the peace of God in every area of our life. And that includes your finances and our finances. Well, everybody has an attitude about money, right? You may not have a written attitude or a a written set of rules that you have in your house that are, "This this is my perspective about money, this is my attitude about money. But a lot of people have attitudes about money and most of it comes naturally. Most people have one, maybe more of these attitudes. The first one would be to spend what I have. If I get a tax refund or maybe one of those stimulus checks that we got a few years ago, it's another chance for us to buy. Whatever I have, I spend. Some have this this attitude, I'm going to do what I want. I know I should be saving money for retirement. I know I should be saving money for something else, but I'll worry about that later. I'm going to do what I want right now. Some have uh, the attitude of I've got to have it. Now, I've got to have it now. I can't wait. That TV will look so good hanging up in my living room. That 80 inch 4K display. I mean, football season starting today, Cowboys playing tonight. It would look so good up on that wall. I think I would look good in that BMW. Come on, somebody. Okay, I, I know I'm in East Texas. I would look good in that F-350, amen? I would look good in that Silverado, Joy, right? I would look good in that car or that truck. I, 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 I need it. I've got to have it right now. So I have the attitude of, I'll pay for it later. <laughs> I'll just pay for it later. I have this wonderful little thing. It's called a credit card. I can have what I want when I want it, and I'll worry about what it's going to cost me later. Some, some have the attitude of, I need more. We're, we're obsessed with the thought of more, bigger, better, upgraded, new, and improved. Come on. And then some have the idea of, I deserve it. Advertising does this masterful job of convincing us that we deserve to have the gleaming white teeth, the wrinkle free skin, the latest iPhone or Android, the latest a shiny new car, and that 4K TV. We deserve to have it all. You just don't want it or need it, but you deserve it. So, what should our attitude about money be? In this series, what I'm hoping to do is to give some. Money principles that are biblically based about how to handle finances in a God honoring way. In fact, each week, if you, there's there's going to be principles each week and it's going to kind of go together. So if you miss a week, you you can always go back to our YouTube channel, or we've got a podcast that you can click at connectedhope.com and hit that podcast. And Pastor Ben keeps that up and you can listen to it. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, we'll help you uh, do that. Just listen to it and, and, and I'll put you right to sleep. Amen. And, uh, okay. No amens. Praise God on that. But I want to give you a few principles today. The first one is this. It's called the follow the leader principle. You played follow the leader growing up, right? Game. Well, here's the principle that's from the Bible. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, I want you to see this. And this is, this is Paul talking to the church at Philippi. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Paul said, follow me, live like me by this pattern and these principles. Now I want you to understand something. When you see a a letter uh like Paul writing a letter to the church there wasn't verses and chapters uh of those of those letters it was just one it was like reading a letter from you know grandma or something you know she doesn't put verse 1 you know grandma chapter 3 verse 1 don't get a tattoo you know that kind of thing grandma doesn't do that or chapter 4 verse 3 be sure to brush your teeth and floss twice daily that kind of thing that's not there that's that's not like that it's one continuous thought That Paul's writing here and later on in chapter 4 he talks about the area of finances so we can connect these two together because he's saying listen all these principles that I'm having here in this letter for you you can follow me as I follow Christ when I want to learn about finances I talk to the right people I go to financial advisors. I, I read pre- books by proven financial experts. I learn about financial things from people who are a lot smarter than I am when it comes to this area. People who have accomplished a lot more or, than what I want to accomplish. There's people that have a gifting in that area that I may not have, and so I wanna go and I wanna talk to them. So when it comes to money, who's the right leader? Who should we follow? Well, this is the very first principle in this thing. And I want you to understand that we should base our life's financial decisions on the Bible. One of our values is that the Bible is our guidebook for living. And if it's our guidebook for living, it's not our guidebook for living for faith. It's not only our guidebook for healing and spirit, spiritual things. It's, it's our guidebook for living for life, for finances, and so we're going to learn principles from the Bible. Let's be honest. There are a lot of questions today that weren't questions back in those days. The Apostle Paul never wrote about cryptocurrency, okay? He never had anything about that. He never understood it. He never wrote about NFTs or anything like that. Peter, Peter didn't admonish the church for their credit card spending, He didn't admonish them for that. John the Revelator wasn't writing about Dave Ramsey's debt snowball, okay? He wasn't writing about that. There are godly men and godly women that follow Bible-based principles and can help you with those practical questions. In fact, in October, in our community group, we're going to have one of our groups is going to be practical steps. You know, I cannot cover all of the teaching in a three-week period of time. But some people, and, and maybe that's you and it's okay. There's no judgment because every time I teach something like this, I go through it myself because, you know, sometimes you start a process or you start, you, you start going through something. Uh, let me give you an example. A few, few, About a year or so ago, the staff and I went through a book uh, uh, called Redeeming Your Time. It's a time management book. It's a great book. I read it. I made some changes and some shifts in my life. I went back and I reread it again. I made some more changes and shifts in my life. And then when I feel myself getting stuck in that area, I go back to that book, because it's a Bible-based book, to give me more principles on that. Sometimes you have to go through things again and again and again. So if you've been through a class like this before, and you're saying, pastor, I've already done that, it didn't help, well, why don't you come back again and let's see if we can help you again, maybe just take the next step. Because sometimes it's layers, like an onion, you gotta peel it back a little bit. Okay. So that's coming in October. We want to help you make sure whoever you ask though, whoever you follow and receive advice from is living by and teaching the principles in the word of God. If you don't follow the right leader who lives by and teaches the right principles, you're going to end up in the wrong place. And I've seen that happen to so many people financially. The second thing is this is the Simon says principle. The Simon says principle. You remember the game Simon says, right? Simon says, stand up. Why didn't y'all stand up? Because we're not playing the game right now, okay? But that's what happens. Simon says, stand up, and everybody stands up, right? And you win the game by doing whatever Simon says. If you don't, if you do something that Simon didn't say, what, it, what happens? You lose, right? You lose the game. And this is a principle of strict obedience, following the law, following the rule, following the plan. If you don't listen to God and do what he says, what happens? You lose. You lose. Whether it's in life or finances, you're going to lose. If you obey another voice, you're going to lose. If you accept that God knows what is best for you and you obey his voice, guess what? You will win. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? I'm reading from the New King James right here. Will a man rob God? Yet You have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. In verse nine, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And this is one of the times in scripture where God actually gives you permission to test him. Test him, he says, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. If you want to live according to God's system, you got to follow his plan. The starting place is the tithe. Give God the first 10% of your income. Why the first 10%? Because if you wait to see if you can afford to tithe, then that's not faith. Faith is giving the first 10% and trusting God to do what he can with the rest. Amen? That's exactly what it is. Now listen, faith is, faith is saying I'm trusting God to do what he would do. What's the opposite of faith? It's fear. Fear operates like this. I, I'm going I'm to hold back here because I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to pay all my bills by the end of the month. I'm, I'm just going to hold back because, and, and then I'll release it. No, faith is stepping f- forward and saying, God, here's, here's, here's the tithe. I'm going to give it to you. So you may not agree with me on this. But I'm going to tell you this is a principle that I've seen work in my life, in Sasha and I's life. I've seen it in my family over the years. I've seen God be faithful to us when we are faithful to him. Guess what? If you don't agree with me, I still love you. Okay, I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to I'm still going to dedicate your babies. I'm still going to perform your weddings. I'm still going to care for you. Nothing will change. However, this is a principle that I am passionate about because I've seen it work in my own life. Whenever we receive a paycheck, and and, and it's not really a paycheck anymore. Probably like many of you, it's a direct deposit. Whenever that deposit hits the bank, the first thing I do is I I move ten percent over in in into uh, and actually, I move, to be honest, I move a little bit more than that because I move into what I call my giving account. I have a, a completely separate checking account for giving. So I, I immediately move that over. You say, why, Pastor, why do you have a separate account for giving? Because I'm a credentialed minister with the Assemblies of God, and we have to send our tithe to three different places, okay? It gets confusing at times. And so I, I just move that on over so I can take care of it uh, later. But I, I don't want that money to stay in my main account because I want to make sure that I'm giving to God very first. So I move it over. By the way, I want you to understand this. When I'm talking about this principle, I, I may have said this a week or so ago, but I'm not on a percentage. Some pastors are, they get a percentage of the tithe. I'm not. Our, our board evaluates my uh, salary uh, annually. I, I step out of the room. The only time I ever step out of the room is when they're dealing with this subject. I step out of the room and, and, and then they, they deal with it. They look at the budget. They, they take care of that and they deal with that. I want you to understand if the tithe and offerings go up I'm not getting a percentage. So I have no motivation today from a a secular point of view, from a a self uh, you know uh, point of view uh, to gain more because there's more in the tithe and offering. My motivation is I've seen this work in my life. I've seen it work. I've seen how God has blessed our family because we've been faithful. Even back when Sasha and I first got married and we didn't have it, We still did it. It was still a principle that we applied. And when when times were tough and times have been hard over the years, and it it would be easy to say, you know, maybe this month we don't give as much. No, we have been faithful in giving the tithe. So my motivation is to help you. Some may ask the question, how can I do that with all my bills? There's never a more important time to start because you need God's blessing. You need his help. So what is tithing? Tithing is simple. It's 10%. $10, If you earn $10, God gets one. If you earn $100, God gets 10. If you earn 1,000, then all of a sudden God gets $100 and people are like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I was okay giving a dollar. I was okay giving $10, but I'm not okay giving $100. And, And God, that's a lot of money. Obeying is not about the amount. It's about the percentage. But we can look at the amount and decide we don't really need to to obey God because after all, that's a lot of money. And then what happens is we move out from under his blessing. When you ignore God's instructions, you're choosing to lose at this game, to live without his blessing. Depending on what study you read, somewhere between 5% and 10% of Americans who call themselves Christians tithe. Now think about that. The average Christian household gives only about 2.5% of their income to the Lord. Now, that's a stunning amount of disobedience, in my opinion. And what I study and what I, I want you to understand. Now, listen, I'm not here to sling stones this morning because we're blessed at Hope. And I do know that probably many of you, in fact, I believe most of you do tithe. And uh, based, on, based on the percentages of, of, our, of our income. So a lot of times right here, I'm preaching to the choir. But for maybe those of you who aren't, who haven't made that choice today, let me encourage you. Test God in this. See if he won't open the windows of heaven. Deuteronomy 11:26 says, Look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, but you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from Him and worship gods you have not known before. The third thing is this. Is, it's called the you are here principle. Now, if, if you open up your, your phone and you get your map and you want to get directions to a new restaurant, to a, to a store, to, a, to somebody's house you've never been to before and, and you're going to visit them, what do you do? You get directions, but you have to start with the current location. I love going to the mall uh, and, or to a shopping center, and you see that little triangular map thing, and you look at it, and it always says, like, it shows you on the map where you're at, and it says, you are here. You are here. If you want to be financial, fr- financially free, you've got to know your current reality. Any financial expert will tell you that the first thing you need to do is write down all your income and then write down all your expenses. If you want to change, you first have to face reality. You have to face reality and before you can have a plan, you first have to know where you're at. You have to see your starting point. And I think there are three reasons people avoid knowing and facing their current reality. Number 1 is pride. We don't want to admit. We don't want to admit that we have a problem. If you admit it, you have to acknowledge that you've, got a mis- you, you've made financial mistakes, that you've made, you have problems and situations with your finances. The two is shame. You look at the debt that you have, the amount of debt, and you can't believe it. You're thinking, how could I have done that to myself? How should I, ha- how could I have made such poor choices and decisions as it relates to this area? And the third thing is, is fear. Some people are just afraid of what they're going to see on that piece of paper, they're, they're, they're afraid that it would be so overwhelming, so they avoid the truth, they avoid the reality that they have, because. Uh, but but here's the reality, if you want to change, you've got to face the music, you've got to face reality, you've got to know how much you owe, how much do I make after taxes, how much do I have in the bank right now, what are my monthly expenses, my fixed monthly expenses, what is my debt, what percentage of my income am I currently giving to God, what are these Current realities. What are the things that I'm I'm doing right now? Where am I at with my finances? Jesus actually, he kind of assumed that this would be a a principle because he talked about it as he was uh, counting the cost of discipleship. He started talking about how we don't begin until we count the cost. Luke 14, 28. He says, but who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? He's saying, "This is just this is obvious. You wouldn't start building something. You wouldn't start living life without actually counting the cost." And so many people nowadays, guys, it's so easy. We don't. I mean, how many of you really don't even carry like a checkbook register anymore because you get on your phone and you can see how much money that you have in your bank. And you think, well, this is great because I can see this right here. I I, I have this much money. I have this much, uh, you know, and and we kind of keep a mental thing. Or or maybe, you know, you're like uh, me. Some of ours is, you know, I mean, our bills just, it comes out every month. We know that amount's coming out to this and that amounts coming out to that every month and it's set on auto draft. And, 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 and so we can get lost real easy and not face the reality because we, we are so automated in our day to day basis that we don't sit down and, and actually count the cost. I had like this, 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 um, you know, just light bulb come, come on. And, and uh, a few years ago, the average Uh, household income here in Sulphur Springs is somewhere around 51 to 52,000. Now think about that. If you had a $52,000 company, wouldn't you like have a proper way of handling that business? You would actually, you would actually want to know how much you were paying your employees. You would want to know how much you were, you were bringing, you know, how much money that you were bringing in, and you would actually want to sit down and like treat it like it was a business, like it was a, like it was a company. And it just came on in my mind is that so many times with our finances, we just kind of scatter shoot with it. And, and God is saying, listen, why don't you just learn? We wouldn't, we wouldn't start a building without counting the costs. Learn to face the music, face reality. Some people live in houses that they can't afford. They drive cars that are beyond their budget. They take trips on credit. They go deeper and deeper in debt each month. And they don't understand that if they would just sit down with a calculator, add it up, face reality, they could do something about it they could do something about it. Number four is this. You still let me say amen. amen. Sam Walton. This is the Sam Walton principle. You guys know who Sam Walton is. He created Walmart. God bless Sam Walton. He was worth millions and billions of dollars, but you couldn't tell by looking. I actually worked in Walmart my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college. I, I worked in at two different stores, and I remember uh, the management telling us that he would just actually show up sometimes at any Walmart across uh, the region, the nation. He, he would get in his old truck, and he would come in, and you would not know who he is. You couldn't tell who he was, because he didn't come in in a fancy three-piece suit. He would come in wearing an old, raggedy Walmart hat. Even though he was a billionaire, he dressed very ordinary. He still drove his old pickup truck. In fact, I think that pickup truck is now at the Walmart Museum up in, up in uh, northwest Arkansas. Why? Because this principle really is the principle of disciplined living. It's the secret. He learned that secret, which is living below his means. Living below his means. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Think about that. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get they get. There can be so many people that you think that they're wealthy because you see their cars and you see everything that they have, but you don't realize that their debt load is, um, I mean, they're just moments away from bankruptcy. How can we get there? I have one friend that when he was, when he was younger, uh, he's a few years older than me, and his dad uh, gave him this principle. He said, son, I want you to tithe the first 10%. God. Then I want you to save 40%. So he, if he was mowing yards, if he, you know, got his first little job somewhere, his dad, his dad made him do this. I want you to save the first 10%. I want you to save 40%. And I, I and, and then you get to do whatever you want with the other 50%. You can take your girlfriend out You can buy her something. You can, you can go buy a record. You can do whatever you want with that 50%. But the first 10% bank uh, to God, 40% into the bank. My papa, he taught me this when I was in my 20s. He said to give 10% to God and to give 10% to yourself and then live off the rest. So you're saving. You're constantly saving where you're putting that in a retirement account. You're doing something, but you're saving. It's a choice to live below your means. Now that sounds great, Pastor, but I'm already living above my means. Some of you are like, whoo, you're talking about getting rid of 10% of, on the tithe and now you're telling me that I've got to get rid of another 10% so that I can save. Listen, make the decision now that the next time you get a raise, you don't raise your lifestyle. So many people do that, they get a raise and they're like, woo, I got a raise. I can afford a bigger car payment or a bigger house payment. I can afford this. Instead of saving the difference, they They go out and spend the difference, so live off the old salary instead of the new one. Keep doing that, and within a few years you're going to be amazed at how much you were able to save or how much you're able to give or how much you were able to like take and 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 just put it into uh you know towards your debt in the fourth quarter of twenty twenty two the overall U.S. debt, now listen in this, fourth quarter, you know what a quarter is. October, November, December is the fourth quarter of the year. In those three months last year, the national, the overall U.S. household debt increased by 2.4%. 2.4% in the span of three months. In the first quarter of this year, According to trans unions, Americans had an average of $5,733 in credit card debt. Americans carry less debt on store credit cards with an average of $1,110. That's per Experian. So much of what we have, we, we, we could, you know, well, I really needed that shirt. Pastor, I really needed that. I, I really needed that. I really, I, you know, did you need it or did you want it? Okay. Can I meddle this morning a little bit? Let's be honest. We don't need all the subscriptions that we have for Netflix and, and Hulu and, and DirecTV, YouTube, and NFL Sunday ticket, whatever, whatever subscription you have, you don't really need that. You want it. Okay, I'm going to meddle with myself. I don't need the Coke Zeros that I drink in my life. I want them. Okay, I'm being honest. I could save a lot of money if I just cut that out of my life. You could, if you didn't go to Starbucks every day, you or Deep Roots or wherever, listen. I love I love some of the local businesses in here that do these drinks and, and specialty. But if you didn't go every day, you could save the money. The, it's it's not about need. It's about one. And if we would just if we would just step back and, and say, listen, I, I I can I can change my lifestyle and live below my lean, means instead of above my means. Well, where's this in scripture? Matthew six twenty four, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I want you to see this. He connects this principle then with worrying about things like clothes and food. And he talks about how the wildflowers are clothed and how God takes care of the birds. And in uh, chapter 6, verse 31, it says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If you put God first in in life, he's going to take care of some of the other things. But so many times, guys, we get so much in living above our means that we're enslaved to money. We're enslaved to debt. We're enslaved to we got to have it. We're enslaved to spending what we want. We're enslaved to I deserve it. And God is just saying to you, will you trust me with your finances? Will you trust me with your money? And allow me, because I can promise you this, God can do more with the, if we will live under his system, he can do a lot more with our money than we ever thought possible. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in my family. I want you to stand with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. God, I ask, Lord, today that you would open up the hearts and minds of your people. God, to receive from you this morning. Maybe you're here in this room, you're watching online today, and you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. In a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna pray a prayer together across this room. Maybe you're watching today, and you just somehow stumbled onto this program, you heard me talking about money, and you're like, what is this all about? And you understand that, you know, the Bible tells us, that we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory. In Romans six twenty three it tells us that the wages of sin, the payment for sin really is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You say, Pastor, how do I receive that gift? It's a free gift. John three sixteen says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The way you receive it, Scripture teaches that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So if you're here this morning or you're online today and you just say, Pastor, I, 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 need, to, I need to commit my life to Jesus today. I need to, I need to take that step today. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. And then we're all gonna pray a prayer together here in this room. And those of you that are watching online, if you wanna just put a comment in the comment section or if you wanna send us an email at prayer at hopefamily.tv so that you can participate in this as well. But if, that, if that's you today, would you just, when I say three, would you raise your hand? God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. If you're ready to receive him, when I say three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Anybody in this room today? Come on, would you pray this prayer out loud with me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. My heart, church, in this series is for you. I'm serious when I say that. I have been burdened with our church family. I've been burdened for you because I, I know I can sense the weight. I can, as I said, the reason I'm doing this series is because so many of you have, have given have given prayer requests. You've come to the altar. You've asked for prayer in this area of your life. and And I want you also to know that you're not alone. Other people are feeling it. Other people are feeling the weight and you're not alone. And some of you, you you feel like you've stewarded your finances in a great way and you're still feeling that pinch. And I'm just telling you the blessings on the horizon. If you've been faithful to God, God's gonna be faithful to you. And so I thought, how do do you end today? You know, do you end like this? Hey, everybody who's $20,000 in credit card debt or more, I want you to come flood the altar right now. Who's gonna do that, right? no you don't do that every person is different every family is different and what may seem like a need to you is not a need to somebody else because they're looking at that and they're going you know they're they're we're at different levels you know different problems different stages of life for people that are different stages of life they have different circumstances and different issues and different problems and so I just came and I settled on this question because as I said, my heart really is for you and your family. My desire is to help you. And so we're gonna give you a simple sheet of paper today. And this says, what is your greatest financial need? Steve's gonna pass these out, our ushers are gonna pass these out and put one of these in, in your hand today. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to write what your greatest financial need is today. I want want you to write your name, if you're comfortable writing your name at the bottom. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm the only one that's gonna see this. This is between you, me, and God. I'm not gonna share it with anybody else. But here's what I'm saying to you, church. I wanna pray for you. That's my heart. For the next three weeks of this series, I'm committing to praying for your financial need. I'm believing God for a miracle you heard me say it earlier in the service we had three or four people that said wednesday night that they were healed i had one man that caught me as he was walking out the door and we had prayed for healing and he said i couldn't even stand up during worship because the pain in my foot was so bad and now i don't feel any or sense any pain at all come on somebody and I'm just crazy enough to believe that the Bible is true and that prayer works and that God answers prayer. And I know that some of you in today, you need a miracle and you need somebody to stand in the gap. And so there's no shame. I'm not gonna come and rebuke you. I'm not gonna come and do any of that, but I want to pray for you. Now here's what it is, can I put a disclaimer on this? Because you guys are loving, caring people. You love your families, you care about your friends, but this is not for them right now. This is not for your cousin that lives 800 miles away that that has a a financial need. I I, I can pray that, put that on the back of the connection card. This right here is for you. Everybody say, it's for me. It's for me. It's for my family. You don't have one? That's fine. Leave it blank. It's It's okay. Praise God if you don't have one. But, but my mandate and what I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart is to pray for those of you who attend this church, either in person or online. Those of you that are online, here's how you do it. Private. This goes just to me. Nobody reads my email. Rusty at HopeFamily.TV. If you wanna send me an email privately and you're watching today, it's rusty at hopefamily.tv. It'd be my honor to pray for you. I'm gonna take these cards. I'm gonna pray over them individually uh, over the next couple of weeks. I'll walk this sanctuary. I'm gonna tell you, I've walked this sanctuary many times praying for my own personal finances, my own personal needs. I can tell you miracle after miracle that has been answered after I'd walked this sanctuary and prayed for finances. I love the scripture. He says, he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging for bread. My daddy, my father in heaven, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, my friends. That's good, good, good news. There's hope for you. So today, this is an opportunity for you to write this down. And here's what I want you to do. If you have this, Tish is gonna sing a song. Just do the course, move the immovable. Some of you might think this is a move will break the unbreakable. We believe God can work in your finances. Would you take this this morning? And as she sings, I want you to come one by one. And would you come down? I'm just gonna pray a quick prayer of blessing over you and your family. And I'm going to ask God to do something significant in you this morning. And you're going to hand me this sheet of paper. I'm not even going to look at it right now. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it together. And when this is over today, I'm going to take them straight to my office. I'm going to lock them up. This is, this is just for you and me and God. Okay. So she begins to sing. Once you've got something written down, I want you to walk out from where you're standing. And I want you to come down and I want, I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Come on, begin to come today. Anybody else? Y'all come on up. We're going to pray. You stand with us this morning Lord we believe We believe because you said it and i believe it You said it it is done You said it and i believe You said it It is done. Come on, would you stretch your hands out right now? Father, I just thank you right now that those in the room that have taken the step of faith to come and hand this need in, God, those that are online that have taken the step to hit send on that email, God, I pray right now for blessings on their home. I pray, God, that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on their life. And God, I ask that you would do a significant work. God, I pray that debt would just magically disappear. I pray, God, that unexpected checks would come in the mail. I pray, God, that raises would be given, new jobs would be given. God, I pray that you would open up what's been clogged and let it begin to flow. And I speak to this church family and I say, be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, I thank you today that you're moving in our hearts and our lives. God, may you bless your church. May you keep them. May you make your face shine down upon them and be gracious to them. and Give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, church, come back next week. Part two of this series. It's a three-part series, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be on this long. So don't miss one of these. And if you do, come back. You know, podcast. You can listen to it online on YouTube or Facebook. We, those those stay up all week long. Uh, if you have any questions, any anything I can help you with, I'm gonna be praying over this. If you did not give me this and you want to give it to me, just see me on the way out to this morning, or maybe you think you don't. You're like you're like, man, I, I don't have anything right now, but all of a sudden you have something on Wednesday or Thursday. Shoot me an email or a text or facebook message i want to pray for you and I'm, I'm going to stand in the gap with you this this the, these next few weeks now here's what i'm asking you to do okay i'm asking you to tell me when god moves amen i want to celebrate with you i'm going to pray with you but i also want to celebrate with you so when things happen I want, I want to just be able to celebrate with you. We're going to clap. We're going to get excited. We're going to say praise God, all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Growth Track. Be here. It's going to be an amazing opportunity for us to grow together as a church family. God bless you guys today. Be blessed.